Why don't you break down, honey, and give me just a little bit of that money? Get fired up for another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. Featuring Chris Field. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Parker Clayer. Yes, there's no two ways about it. He's super white. And Alex Sennar. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. Entire production supervised by Big Bo. Now, let's join the boys for their latest episode. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. My name is Christian. With me, as always, is Edge and Triple H, and we watch Money Plane. Uh, this is kind of one of those movies where the inter- the internet store gets like a hold of it, and they're just like, oh man, it's the latest bad movie, the latest The Room, Troll 2, Snakes on a Plane, Cats, you know, that sort of thing. So we're trying to get out ahead of it. Uh, guys, initial thoughts here? This is so much better than Snakes on a Plane was for me. <laughs> that might be one of like the most disappointing, like... Oh, fuck, man, this movie is, like, really long. This joke stopped being funny two minutes in. Right. I'm going to go ahead and completely disagree with that, but... (laughs) (laughs) I mean, one was 80 minutes and the other was Snakes on a Plane. I mean, fair, but also I saw that in the theater, and that was... Theater experience will definitely... I uh, did not have an experience. That was... I'm not spending money on that, and I watched it at home and went, that was a mistake, huh? And I learned (laughs) nothing from that. Well, anyway, we, we have watched Money Plane, so we will be discussing that uh, in a bit. Parker, first of all, do we have any news? So, Christopher Nolan's new film was has been delayed indefinitely, and I've, I've finally come full circle. Like, a month ago, I was, like, scratching at the fucking walls ready to go into a theater. I'm kind of over it now. <laughs> Let's just drop this shit so I don't have to leave my house anymore. I'm over it. Fuck theaters. I have popcorn here. Let's go. I'm yeah, I got a really big TV. I don't, you know... Now that enough time has passed, I'm like, there's like three or four I'd want to see in a theater every year. But other than that, like, I'm good. Fuck it. Yeah, well, you know, a while ago, you were the one who was like, man, I'd even watch Mulan. I <laughs> pull the tape. I dare you. I don't remember that conversation. I, I, I absolutely it remember two. it. I, That's I, not I, I a, definitely Whatever. Oh, anyway, uh, any other news? Please don't mention the Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard thing. <laughs> I wasn't going to. <laughs> I, I feel like this episode other... about money playing with a nice light-hearted story. <laughs> I'll come yeah, no. about that. I'm sorry. I think every other podcast about movies would talk about that sort of nonsense. So like, this is movie news. No, no, no. This is a domestic dispute. I don't want to talk about either of them. Period. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If you if you want to be on this podcast, make a single interesting movie between the two of you. That sounds okay, like so, someone's uh, lining up some assignments. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Haha, ha, uh, yeah, man, your your fingers are scissors. That's so funny. Cool. Oh, that was 30 years ago, and you're still... Co- okay, okay, sure. Okay. I mean, that's not the poll I was expecting. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of a Tim Burton thing, if you want to blame anyone. For... Wait, I like that movie. Okay, anyway, let's talk about our jerks. But the where's the rum gone, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about our jerks of the week. Oh, fuck. I can't believe you've done this. I'll go first. I actually have one prepared for this one. So, cast your mind back. It was about a week ago-ish. And uh, I log on to Twitter, as I am wont to do. And uh, the celebs are added again. The celebs are my jerks of the week. So, 
I'm on there and I have to admit the podcast isn't bringing in as much money as I would have normally liked. So uh, I see some of my favorite blue checks are tweeting out links to like free bitcoins. I'm like, oh shit, that sounds like a deal. So I like click on it and you know Norton Antivirus pops up. I have to close out of that. I click on another link to the free bitcoins and well. You know, there was a virus on my computer now, and I lose all of my Bitcoin money. I could have made so much money because the celebs were leading me astray. Luckily, the blue checks got temporarily banned from Twitter, so uh, there is justice in this cold, dark world. If you were like me and had a powerful mining rig for an entire football season, <laughs> you'd be swimming in it. <laughs> What a powerful afternoon that was. The yeah. blue check marks, like, is this what persecution feels like? <laughs> Having to retweet to get my point across. Someone did the the every word thing, you know? They were retweeting those, like, every single word Twitter account or whatever it was to try to get their point across or something, which Just really goes to show you the mindset off. of this fucking society that we live in. <laughs> Read a uh, book, and that's me saying it. Like, just do anything. It's, it's being that without Kyle all of the, <laughs> Sorry, being without all of them for a minute made me wonder if in the future someday they're going to find a Rosetta Stone for Cam Newton's font. <laughs> Alex, you have to go outside. This isn't okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah? How do you think I feel, man? <laughs> the whole thing just made me feel like Kyle Gass at the end of... Uh, uh, Demo- not Demolition. <laughs> Kyle Gass at the end of... Cable guy? Cable guy, thank you. I almost said repairman, man, man, from the fucking... Man, uh, man, man. <laughs> Yeah, it's just him slowly looking at the book. Thank you, Parker. It's like, hey, Alex, uh, I heard you were sick. How did you... Oh, I took a G- Dan Gilbert's letter to LeBron, and then I put it in the Cam Newton font. I'm doing great. <laughs> okay. But actually, though... <laughs> Who are your jerks of the week? All right, Parker, you want to take this one, or should I? I have another one if need be. It's all you. (laughs) My jerk of the week is our good friend The Sauce, who's watched (laughs) Hamilton three times this week. You won't stop talking about Hamilton. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was a bit, but he keeps fucking going. (laughs) He's fucking obsessed with it. What? What I can see a little ding in that Discord. I'm like, oh, cool, what are they talking about? And he's just posting pictures from Hamilton. <laughs> oh, did you see he changed his name to slamilton.mp4? Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking. You think you I, know someone. I never in a million years <laughs> would have pictured him as the fucking Hamilton guy. <laughs> <laughs> the 180 he's had to do to save face after, you know, 2016, a lot of people made a lot of decisions. Yeah. <laughs> he had to really slam the brake on that one. You, I mean, uh, I, hate to see I, don't it. Know, I don't know about you, but I'm still not going to believe it until I hear Rachel Maddow say it. <laughs> <laughs> I will, I would pay money to hear Rachel Maddow say slamilton.mp4. I, <laughs> Cortana, is Rachel Maddow on cameo? I'll <laughs> uh, wait for later. <laughs> uh, my jerk of the week is myself for not watching Soul Plane this week. I really mm. let the show down, and I'm sorry. Oh, wow. Well, yeah. Okay, let's get into what we watched recently. Um. I'm going to skip a couple of these because I, I don't really know how to talk about them, but I'll, I'll go with uh, Zodiac. 
finally got around yes. to watching it. Um, oh, so good. I, back when I first started college, I was a huge Fincher guy. I was a really, really big David Fincher fan. And uh, it wasn't just for like Fight Club. It was like pretty much all his movies. And I kind of, I have to admit, I didn't like Gone Girl very much at all. Um, I think it was the ending was like the one that actually made me really, really mad about movies. That did don't I have did I ever tell you my watching Gone Girl story? No, what was it? I was on a red eye from Houston back to Baltimore. I was watching Gone Girl on my laptop on the plane. The end of that movie happens, and I stood up and said, "Fuck this movie," and woke up the person next to me. Oh, uh, <laughs> did I tell you my watching Gone Girl story? So I was at a movie theater in uh, South Korea with uh, my girlfriend at the time, and that ending happens and i stood up and yelled fuck this movie uh no, i didn't actually yell that i i think i stood up and i yelled what what like th- there were like credits going and, I, and uh, she was just like well i think it just sort of ended and i was just like no 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 we're staying throughout the credits it has to be an end credit scene that's it's like a new innovative kind of movie making but no it just, just fucking ends like that the it, fucking nerve <laughs> of that movie to exist i was i was really 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 mad i I think I stomped out of the theater. <laughs> Folks, we have some strong feelings about Ben Affleck on this show, and this is probably the root of a lot of them. Yeah, that, <laughs> that might be it. Like, there are things that I enjoyed about that movie for maybe five seconds, and then that fucking ending. I mean, I, I've talked about... Sorry, I'm trying to talk about Zodiac. So Zodiac <laughs> is... Uh, Zodiac's really good, it turns out. That movie uh, is, like, almost three hours long, and you don't feel it at all. It's so funny. Good. I hate to compare this to like a Harry Potter book, my but my favorite what? Harry No no hold on, I'm going somewhere with this. Okay. My favorite Harry Potter was always like the sixth one because it gives you a whole bunch of information and it's like you're figuring out a mystery as it goes along. Zodiac kind of feels like that in a really good way, and even though it ends unresolved, which you know I kind of knew going in, so it's not like a big deal. Uh it's kinda of like Memories of Murder, that Bong Joon-ho movie. Again, three flying drop kicks, Parker. Uh Zodiac is I just like watching things develop. Uh, I, I have to admit, I really like seeing Robert Downey Jr. I think he's really good in this. This is one of my favorite performances from him. He's just, he's so cool in this. Uh, it's, uh, who's it? Is it Jake Gyllenhaal in this one? Yeah. Yeah, it's, I get him confused with uh, some other actor. Yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal is in this. It's not exactly a powerhouse performance or anything, but he's a normal, everyday guy who gets sucked up into this mystery and gets obsessed with it, and it's very relatable. And I yeah, really, it's just really like me it. scrolling through the Dr. Disrespect hashtags. Exactly. Oh, thank you. We can't forget what happened to the doc. Uh, <laughs> we almost <laughs> forgot our new segment. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But uh, I really, I love the the way it's shot. I love the way it's set up. I like the way that music is used. The only thing I don't like, and the thing that holds it back from making a perfect movie, is that Mark Ruffalo's in it, and he can't act. This is such a bad performance. You could put pretty much anyone in here and be a better movie. It's like so I don't even remember him in it at screen. all. Exactly. He's he's one of the lead parts. He's one of the uh, cops who's investigating the Oh, thing. that's right. That's right. Yeah, exactly. That's how bad his performance is. It drags the entire movie down for me. It's not just because I dislike him in real life, but, like, he's probably the most overrated actor that I know now that Marlon Brando's dead. So, yeah, I Zodiac's really good, and I actually highly recommend it, but, uh, boy, you're going to have to slap yourself awake during any Mark Ruffalo scene. So Don't you just wish Robert Downey Jr. would, like, watch Zodiac and be like, hey, I mean, you did that. You, you should do that again. You should stop making Doolittle in Sherlock Holmes movies. <laughs> yeah. Boy, Robert Downey Jr. in that movie is just... 
everything he says and does is just like why wasn't why isn't he the the lead police officer he should be that guy that'd be so much more fun and like even knowing like we, we're never gonna find out who the zodiac killers doesn't matter because when he has to go in and out in that fucking basement my b-hole is so tight <laughs> it is right. unbearable and that's the Crazy. thing is like when i was watching i was like i kind of knew it's like there's no way that's the real killer but you're still in his mindset and it not only is a very tense scene but it's also like this is showing what the mystery is doing to his psyche you know Man, I, 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 I had a really good time I've watched it like is, last year but I should still watch it again yeah that's it's the thing on, is it's like, on Netflix still yeah uh, that's the thing is that Fincher really set out here to say like I think this guy did it and I'm convinced I, I really am convinced I, uh, I think it was that guy who did it uh, but I also the movie's so good they could have told me anything and be like fuck yeah dude he, let's lock him up now yeah, let's all much. fucking <laughs> drag Robert Downey Jr. out of his fucking ivory tower in Hollywood it was him let's do it lasso him up I'm pretty sure this movie came out before Iron Man right uh, oh. ah, it doesn't matter I think so Yeah, it should it, be yeah. yeah Iron Man was 07 yeah Zodiac had to be before that oh Zodiac was 04 Oh, Zodiac was something actually. Oh, what? Oh, really? Yeah. Mm, big year. <laughs> big year for Robert Downey Jr., I guess. Uh, but uh, this shows what happens when you go clean, kids. Speaking of clean, uh, the next movie I want... Okay, here's a little pop quiz. Uh, it's, this, there's no wrong answer because it's all your personal opinion. What would you guys say is the worst movie to ever win the Oscar for Best Picture? I mean, it's not Crash, but, like, Crash is the thing that I'm thinking of. Yeah, most people don't. I don't think I've seen enough of the ones that have actually won and been shitty. (laughs) That's a good point. Because I'm seeing, like, the nominees, I'm like, I'm never in a million years watching Green... Oh, one. Well, I'm still never going to fucking watch it. (laughs) There's no way that you would watch a movie that doesn't have at least three beheadings. Anyway... I bought it. Life is short. We're all dying. So, uh, I, I have to admit, I've watched most of the movies that have won Best Picture... And for the most part, they're, at worst, pretty good. But then I watched the one from 1963, a British movie called Tom Jones. This movie Oh, yeah, sucks. that was my other answer. <laughs> you got me. <laughs> this, this movie's really, really bad. It's it's just boring. They're just walking around the countryside. It's, it's like, not quite medieval, but like the period right after medieval. Oh, Dark Ages and the Light and something like that. Didn't you watch a movie like this last week that was like seven hours long? No, that took place in Hungary and it took place in the... Very oh. different, Parker. You will oh, be finding out about it shortly. Oh, yes. <laughs> they were walking around the countryside in a different country. My apologies. <laughs> this one's in Britain. Uh, it's apparently yeah. supposed to be like really sexy and stuff like that but you don't even see an inch of cleavage so uh british people have a very different idea of what sex is i think oh we'll get to them uh, oh no <laughs> oh no oh, that's the uh, most ominous thing i've heard this week i have to admit like i was watching it and i it did win the oscar for best picture and i'm watching i'm thinking am i the asshole am i just missing the point of this i go online and luckily everyone else is just like no this this movie actually really sucks so uh i'm glad that there was some sort of consensus so i guess it's this and crash every again everyone goes to crash i don't think i've seen crash but uh you know football season's probably going to be canceled so i guess i never will anyway good point (laughs) i Uh, just for the record i have seen crash so you know can't get me with that again uh, ah, damn. Okay. That movie did not age well in the moment. 
now it really doesn't age well. <laughs> I didn't think so. Okay, so Parker, a while ago, you said that uh, old 1950s uh, science fiction movies were about stopping the invasion of communism, if only. Perfect. But uh, that's not true. You're, you're missing out on a lot of really good 1950s science fiction movies. One of the ones is Forbidden Planet. Now, I, guys, I want you to picture in your head uh, a young, which be right now, Chris Evans. Very handsome. Hand check, don't touch yourselves. Now, I Do want you to imagine someone who's even better looking. Oh, no, that's impossible. Young Leslie Nielsen. Holy... Yeah, that guy put on HBO Max, and that is sitting right on my queue. Because every time I look at him, I'm like, I bet I would love this. Yeah, but I'm he... going to watch this cartoon instead, because I'm <laughs> almost 30. I mean, that too. But... <laughs> <laughs> Forbidden Planet is actually really good, and it's mostly because of Leslie Nielsen. It's a complete straight role for him. He's not doing any of the comedy stuff. And you totally believe him as, like, the captain of the ship, and you want to watch his adventures. You kind of wish they would make, like, a million more Forbidden Planets. And they did. They just called it Star Trek. Uh, Star Trek pretty much took all of its influence from this movie. And I gotta admit, I really like it. The effects are really good. It's an inventive storyline. It's creative. It makes you think, this is what I want from a science fiction movie. This is what I call a science fiction classic. Not... Pretty much any of the movies that were on uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000. Oh, it's a classic. No, no. Those those movies were reviled in their time, and they're reviled now. But Forbidden Planet... I think a lot about... Up. Sorry to cut you off. No, go ahead. I was done. About how for the movie, MST3K, they did this, Island Earth, and people getting all the numbers. Like, that movie's a classic. The movie sucks ass. <laughs> what is wrong with you people? This Island Earth is awful. <laughs> it's horrendous. People are upset like, well, it's cheating. Dude. They do like a real movie for the... N- incorrect. That's not even like a top ten movie that uh, the MST did. It's That's fucking, fucking worse than, uh, than Soul Taker. His head is small. <laughs> <laughs> and the last one. Now... Never let it be said that I forget my debts. Parker, this had to have happened last season, I think. You assigned me a movie, and I was like, oh my god, I'm going to have to pay the piper now. And I looked Oh my it god, up. I think I just remembered what it was. Yeah, and it was like, oh, I can't find... Oh, it's only in theaters. I, Parker, I'm going to let you know right now, I'm not paying $20 oh, yes. to see this. Oh, I forgot about this. <laughs> and just last week, it was uploaded to So It Goes in HD. <sighs> Gentlemen, there are no safe spaces. <laughs> I'm sorry to hear that, Chris. I this could be a thirty minute segment. <laughs> I'm all ears. So Parker, what I all the time, buddy. <laughs> Parker, when I texted you, why does Adam Carolla's voice sound like that? You didn't answer. <laughs> I'd still like an answer. <laughs> Because he didn't grow up in a sissified America where they put kids in dresses, okay? Oh, He's a man's man. I, I don't know if I could do an impression of his voice. or someone else's voice I could do an impression of. But, uh, the basic... Is it Jimmy Kimmel is Carl Malone? Uh, he's, he's not featured in the movie uh, I just guess. that's why Ben Shapiro's on your mind okay, I'm piecing it all together now. yeah uh, okay. okay so the basic idea of the movie is uh, I guess his name is Charles Prager the guy from the Prager uh, videos Prager <laughs> that cool guy uh, yeah he's he's a 60 year old man who's just hypnotized a bunch of 16 year olds be like fuck yeah dude you're the coolest yeah he's <laughs> he partners up with Adam Carolla and they talk about how you know free speech is being killed on college campuses um, I, the movie says that Adam Carolla has the most downloaded podcast in the world I 
believe it's actually Joe Rogan. Uh, I'm not I mean, at one point up. he did. He was fucking huge yeah, forever. I looked it up. I, I think it's. I think it's like a technicality because that was like when people like We're downloading them instead podcasts. of like just streaming yeah. them. Yeah. But like technically a true statement. Oh, I actually looked it up, and apparently it was the most downloaded back in 2011. The movie came out in 2019, oh, well, so... <laughs> hey, man, production hell. What are you going to do? Uh, anyway, <laughs> Prager and Corolla are doing a bunch of uh, college lecture tours. At one point, one of the colleges shuts them down because they're conservative. Uh, but then they file, like a, like, a lawsuit or whatever, and they're able to get in there. So their free speech wasn't actually stopped. They were still <laughs> allowed to speak. Uh, but... Uh, that will be a theme. We'll get back to that. Uh, Corolla and Prager, they kind of do this thing where, like, we are the most different people you could imagine. Prager, I think he's from Israel or something, or maybe Poland or something, and he he, would, he was college-educated, and uh, he's really old or whatever. And meanwhile, Corolla never actually went to college, and he just started a bunch of stupid TV shows and created a podcast empire, I guess. Uh, very different people. One of them likes to race cars. One of them likes to listen to classical music. But they're really not that different because they think exactly the same. <laughs> they, they have identical conservative beliefs. And here's the thing, conservatives. Uh, aren't you always arguing about diversity of opinion? You're not getting it from these guys. It, I think that's really embarrassing. Uh, but there are other people who are featured uh, briefly. They, they're not really featured like for most of the movie. There's just like, oh, and here's an appearance, very brief appearance, thank goodness, from... Uh, Candace Owens and Charlie Kirk. Oh, fuck yeah, <laughs> His <dude>. tiny face. <laughs> this movie sounds sick. Yeah, so it's... Uh, Shame it's... that there's no football this year. <laughs> Charlie Kirk looks like if somebody went into a plastic surgeon and handed them a picture of the mole guy from Goldmember and is like, just make me look like this. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> Except with a smaller face. Uh, I'm a big fan of... Yeah, I grew up, you know, when I was a liberal in college. Like, he's like 85 years old. Being a liberal in college when he was growing up was like, hey, maybe black people can sit at the counter with us. Wait, did Prager <laughs> say something like that? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I grew up, you know, really left-leaning, but I've, you know, grown older and wiser. The, oh, boy, so, a liberal in the roaring 20s. You <laughs> and the flappers. <laughs> so, hey, you guys, like, maybe we should bring back alcohol. <laughs> Whoa! Get out of there, Bernie Sanders. So, so Prager, uh, they they both have stories. Let's twenty three skidoo on out of here. Hold on. <laughs> so Carol and Prager both have stories that they like to tell about you know whatever. Prager's story. Both of these stories are just bizarre enough that I have to recount them. Prager, I guess. I I don't remember where he lived. He lived in I think he lived in Israel or something because he's Jewish and. Uh, he got sent over to Russia because he, sp he speaks fluent Russian and he had to help get Jews out of there because they were persecuting uh, Russians. They were persecuting Russian Jews during uh, the Stalin's era or whatever. And he was like, this was real oppression, the totalitarian USSR government. And uh, how did I deal with it? I would sing Israeli songs in my room in, uh, in Hebrew. And they have this long segment of a young Prager who, he looks like uh, Killian Murphy. So, yeah, sure, you, dude. <laughs> Just singing these Hebrew songs about how theirs is a false god or whatever, and two Russian GRU uh, soldiers listening in just looking at each other like, what the fuck? <laughs> so, the movie doesn't quite make him out as cool as he thinks Prager alone in his room just singing the Black Parade. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the other one is Adam Carolla. Now, uh, they mention uh, Adam Carolla has white privilege, and he rolls his eyes. He says, let me tell you what my white privilege was. Uh, it's actually a pretty good impression. That's the best I can do. <laughs> I 
feel like missing Look, something. I listened to a lot of Loveline in middle school because I didn't have a TV in my room. Like, I got. I, I listened to a lot of Adam Carolla in my life, dude. And even this my, trajectory has been upsetting for me, dude. Even my dad didn't watch the Man Show, so. Uh yeah, me neither. <laughs> anyway, so the Man like, Show fucking owned, dude. I'm, I'm <laughs> sure. Surreal. I'm sure it was fine. I didn't. My dad couldn't get into it. Anyway, so Adam Carolla's story is uh, he was he had a pretty uh, rough life growing up. His his parents were on uh, food stamps. They didn't work very much. They didn't have a lot of money. He got kicked out of the house when he was 18. Couldn't get a job, so he was like, you know what? I'll apply to be a fireman. And the fireman said, don't hold your breath. He's like, is that a safety tip? And uh, the fire, the fireman told him, was like, no, we, we don't need any firemen right now. Just, it could take a long time. Six, six, seven years passes. He's working as a carpenter. He gets a, he gets a letter from the fire department saying, okay, test is next Tuesday. And uh, he's like, you know what? I don't even want to be a fireman anymore, but, but you know what? I've waited this long. I'm going to go just anyways. There's a line of people here, whole sorts of different people. There's this little uh, woman behind her who he has to point out is of a darker skin. <laughs> and uh, he... It's just good storytelling. No. You need details. And, and he asked her, he's like, when did you apply? And she was like, Wednesday. And it's like, oh, so she got picked really soon, but I didn't get picked. It took me six or seven years. That's my white privilege. I think the story is so meandering, it doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't even have a resolution. It resolves like Gone Girl. So you're just like, <laughs> does he have white privilege or not? I don't remember where the story was going. Uh, I would be remiss. <laughs> this son of a bitch. Gate opened or closed. <laughs> she signed up for a job I don't even want anymore. He got me. He did. I, I was very happy that he didn't point because he keeps mentioning how skinny she. He really does point out a lot of her physical qualities, which is kind of you weird. don't say. He's just like I, he didn't go so far as to say how is she going to carry a man out of a burning building. <laughs> but it's like maybe you she'll can't work the fit a helmet on that skull shape. Let me do some measurements here. <laughs> I, I would be remiss if I didn't point out uh, a very brief presence of Ben Shapiro, who actually made me laugh out loud, and I think it was intentional. I think he got me, because uh, he's like, so people are saying that I'm some sort of physical threat. Look at me. Do I look like a physical threat to anyone? The last time I was considered a physical threat by anyone was getting the shit beat out of me in high school. I actually fucking died at that. <laughs> it's like this little five foot three dude. I mean, do you when you write, you write. Yeah. Do you think he was the same size in high school? Like he hit a growth spurt. He's like, wow, I'm the big, and then just never grew up again. Or was he, he like two out and a half feet tall, just looking like that? <laughs> came out in a full suit, carrying a briefcase. The doctor's like, no, this is from my homework. He was the inspiration for Boss Baby. <laughs> uh, he, God, you know he's a roller backpack kid. He he's only in there uh, briefly. Thank goodness. But there's uh, someone else who I've I've been working on my impression of him. You know, doing the whole Parker thing where I walk around the house just doing the voice. It sucks, doesn't it? Oh, hang on, hang on. Give me a sec. Yeah, that's well before I did. All right. My name is Jordan Peterson. And I, uh, <laughs> I, I've been eating a lot of beef lately. He's thriving. I need to do a skateboard trick uh, at the competition. And, uh... I have to admit, if I have to say anything about No Safe Spaces, it's, it's actually pretty sloppy, and uh, it doesn't make as many good points as it likes to think it does. Every once in a while, it'll cut to, like, this little cartoon oh, really? segment. Okay, so you remember uh, Schoolhouse Rock, right? They got, I'm just a bill sitting on Capitol Hill, that sort of thing. In this one, they have it so it's the First Amendment, and, you know, oh, my free speech rights are under attack, and then it just gets uh, gunned down in, like, a drive-by shooting. <laughs> 
<laughs> and that's why we need guns, folks. They they have a. Uh, <laughs> you got us. They, they have a. Um, hey uh, who's okay. driving the car that does the shooting? Well, it's blacked. Oh. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, um, they also have uh, social justice warriors who set up like the Power Rangers. My power is I can see racism anywhere and st- stuff like that. And you're just like, boy, that's really embarrassing. It has about as much subtlety as a Ben Garrison cartoon. Um, but <laughs> Go to hell! Yeah. The, the thing is, it does the same thing that a whole lot of documentaries, especially political documentaries, does, where it paints the other side in the most ridiculous colors possible. Uh, a, a lot of these protesters just there's no way to, to like be on their side with the things that they're yelling it's like yes I love free speech I, I'll get to that in a little bit and these people are very clearly against free speech they want cancel culture and all the nonsense uh, but then there's one thing that really stuck with me it's kind of the crux of the movie there was this girl her name is Lindsay Shepard now first of all she's Canadian going to a Canadian college so it doesn't even affect our country but whatever she's gone to a Canadian college and she considers herself a leftist um and she's showing a video in uh, one of her college classes about uh, transgenderism and how words affect certain things, the way we talk about certain things, and how that affects culture. Uh, one of the videos that she shows features Jordan Peterson arguing with a guy who uh, is for trans rights or whatever. And Jordan Peterson doesn't want to use certain words or whatever, and the other guy says, no, you have to. It's some sort of argument. She presents it, and she has the students, okay, we need to talk about this. And... Uh, she, the teacher, gets reported for showing this video in a neutral light and having the students debate it. Uh, because the way that she should have done it, she should have said, Jordan Peterson is wrong. Write a 5,000 word essay on why Jordan Peterson is wrong. And I'm thinking to myself, wait, I'm kind of on her side. The students should be debating this. This is the way that you learn. And she is called into a meeting, which she secretly, she secretly records the meeting. The guy compares her to Hitler. He's like, I don't mean to make the Hitler comparison. But it's like showing one of Hitler's speeches and saying, okay, talk about the speech instead of just saying Hitler was wrong. And it's the most absurd thing in the world. It's like, yes, I'm entirely on her side. I'm entirely for more debate. So she releases the audio to the media and the the college has to apologize and they reinstate her and all this other stuff and they're humiliated. And then she sues them for $3.6 million dollars. And this is where I'm, like, completely losing her because this is no longer about free speech. This is, like, my feelings were hurt. Now you're the snowflake. And then Jordan Peterson gets in, and I'm going to sue for $1.8 million. And everyone on both sides of the issue is such a fucking baby. And there's no debate around that. And, look, I love free speech, and I, I hate the idea that free speech would be being attacked, but look around you. We live in an age where there is more unfettered free speech than at any other time in history. This isn't anywhere near as much of an issue as people seem to think that it is. You know what's a real issue is what's going on in Portland. Yeah, but the man told us to make our bed and he called me bucko and that was very insensitive parker I, I'll, I'll give you uh and now i'm gonna let you redo that one and if you want to say it as so you're telling me if a kid was dying and his last <laughs> question <laughs> 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 I was like, I mean... wait how did i fuck this up uh <laughs> What can you you say? I guess Matt and Trey were right after all. (laughs) No, there actually, there is a a brief uh, South Park clip where they, um, 
Oh, of course there is. Yeah, it's it's the they're in like they're doing some sort of musical thing where they talk about oh in my safe space that sort of thing. Uh, I gotta admit, I don't care about safe spaces on college campuses. <laughs> I've got a couple of acquaintances online that are still super into that stuff, and they'll message me like, "Do you see this?" I'm like, "Nah, man, I had to go to work. I don't fucking care. <laughs> yeah, I'm not 15 anymore, dude. Gives a shit. We're all 30. Gives a fuck." Yeah, there's that too. I will admit they they showed a, a Simpsons clip. I guess it was somewhat famous. It was uh, Mr. Burns. He goes to a college campus and they're they're taking down statues or or, or whatever. And uh, he says something, and someone says, "Oh, you're worse than Hitler." Too late for flattery. <laughs> That's a good line. It's, I, I guess New Simpsons sucks, but I don't know. I, I thought that line was pretty funny, although it didn't really work in the context of the movie. It kind of made the opposite point. <laughs> uh, there, if you there... care about college safe spaces, please fuck off. <laughs> Absolutely 100% log off, walk into traffic. I don't care. Just Please fuck off. Like, on the one hand, I guess, like, the, the cancel culture thing, I'm mostly against it because I think it's a little bit more that's like, oh, it's just my free speech versus your free speech. But on the other hand, look, you can say certain things, but everyone does have the freedom to call you an asshole for it. And they should have that freedom because, look, I'll just say it like this. At one point, Charles Prager went to, I think, a historically black college university sort of thing, and he's debating, like, a group of five of the students and I I just know that they cut out the portion of the thing where Prager was asking so why can't I say the n-word <laughs> <laughs> so you guys have this quick twitch muscle right <laughs> <laughs> at one point they made what I think was kind of a facile argument where they were just like our ancestors were slaves or was your ancestors were slave owners and he immediately jumped on and was like well my ancestors were in Poland during the holocaust and on the one hand, well, yeah, that's a, certainly a gotcha. It's a pretty much a sick Scoreboard. one. You did, show, you did show them wrong, but uh, no one learns anything from that argument. No one no one gets any any better out of any of this. I searched in the Holocaust. Cool, two bad things happened. Correct. Yeah, that's... Now what? Yeah, exactly. No one learns anything from this. And again, I, I don't know that I'm a free speech absolutist, but I, I am very much in favor of free speech. But the movie doesn't make any strong arguments about it showing adam carolla driving his really fast car at the end doesn't tell me anything <laughs> it's just like hey i got a really fast car i've been working on driving it and uh shifting the fifth here's my white privilege here's this fast car i have in this movie that shouldn't exist that i yeah, paid for the dude collects lambos <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, i grew up poor here's my lamborghini yeah but you understand one time i thought about getting a job and then changed my mind but then some mexican lady got it instead <laughs> I think he said she was of indeterminate uh, ethnicity, which is just, dude, you gotta know. Hey, maybe we should leave that out. detail out then. <laughs> oh, like Ariana Grande after she started doing blackface. <laughs> On oh, that note, uh, Alex, <laughs> what did you watch this week? I spent way too much time talking about no safe spaces. <laughs> no, it's okay. We, I, a lot of people often say that our podcast doesn't have enough politics. So that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on, do you guys hear that? Is that is that Normie Corners music? Oh, <laughs> oh my goodness. Speaking I'll of politics, you guys, the pranksters Vinny and Pauly D are back for a second double shot at love. Is this a triple shot at love? Or? No. In fact, no one is taking any shot at love on this show. 
It's basically just the real world with Vinny and Pauly D hanging out in Vegas. <laughs> Fuck yes. <laughs> so, here's the setup. Pauly D is uh, doing a DJ residency in Vegas. Vinny is apparently in Chippendales now. Which, I think I heard I, about that. Apparent, apparently this is a thing that I was not familiar How with. How did I but, know about Oh, I'm a Norman. <laughs> but the boys are in Vegas, and they decide, let's invite some of the girls from the Double Shot at Love House to come hang out with us. And just, you know, see what happens. I don't know. So they call, they call them up, you know. Six of them come out, and they're like, hey, you know what? You guys should, uh, you guys should bring some friends. You know, it'd be cool, you know, let's see what's going on. But guys, the catch is that the friends that they bring are dudes. <gasps> what? <laughs> so we've got we've got Brandon, who every character is called a fuckboy at this point. <laughs> we've got Nikki, who has John Elway teeth and literally <laughs> talks like the Guido version of a character in The Godfather. <laughs> like, like, it's like literally at the point where like, there's a scene where like, they're getting their hair cut and like, fucking Vinny's talking about like his dog or whatever and goes like, Oh, I had, a, I had a French bulldog. She died recently. And, like, and, it's, and Vinny just bursts up laughing. He's like, dude, how is everything you say so fucking funny? <laughs> he just he fucking talks like a Godfather character all the time. And then we've got we've got my boy Antonio. Let me let me let me just recount word for word his introduction to us on the show. Hi guys, my name's Antonio, aka the Pool Party Poppy. What? Oh my goodness. <laughs> That's better than the Ichiban Don. <laughs> the one man boy band. <laughs> I like how you got sick and like, these might be my last hours left in this world. <laughs> Let me see what the full party poppy's up to. <laughs> I want to die as I lived. It is <laughs> so messy and so good. They go up, the boys are staying in the penthouse at some Vegas hotel. There's a vending machine in the room. It has fake eyelashes and pregnancy tests in it. <laughs> it is... That so good. That's how you start a party. <laughs> it is everything you want it to be. The boys get there first. They dump out the water cooler and fill it up with rosé. <laughs> there is just a half full water cooler of rosé in the background of like every shot like throughout the rest of the season because it's clear nobody's gonna fucking drink it but also they're not gonna change it <laughs> like they, it's just they play a prank on the guys because they're like oh you know we didn't know these guys were coming we got all you girls jobs like working at this club but these guys you know you guys are gonna have to go work with, uh, at Chippendales with Vinny so they bring in a fucking wax lady and make them wax all their gooches and then tell them they don't have to work at Chippendale. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fucking good. I just, I mean, it, the season is in its run now. I think we're like five episodes in. It is, I've been thinking about it all week. It is incredible. Our boy, the pool party poppy, um... <laughs> So, you see, it's a reality show, and he's the guy that has a girlfriend back home. But he's still out in the club, you know, getting numbers and slapping asses, and then he goes home, pulls out his crucifix, and prays that he won't cheat. <laughs> it's very cool. The, uh, the, the big point of drama in the house is that, like, <laughs> the, girl, the girls are like, alright, we've had enough of this, let's go in his phone book and find his girlfriend's number and call him. 
So, you know, he finds out. Everybody gets mad at each other. Blah, blah, blah. Vinny and Polly don't know what's going on. They're out at, din they're out at like, dinner or lunch or something. And they got their phones out. And they're like, Yo, you think he's really got a girlfriend? We should check and find out. Like, do you have his Instagram? No, just just search for Pool Party Poppy. And see oh, yep, there he is. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> They like their fucking job is working at like this uh this like uh this like pool bar on top of a resort and uh they go up there for in like their introductions with the boss the first day and he's like hey man this is my natural environment you know they call me the pool party poppy and then one of the girls goes you call yourself the pool party poppy like, it's, uh count it's, me as someone who's gonna call him that from now on correct <laughs> I call him sir. <laughs> I call him Colonel. <laughs> the episode I just watched, the fucking situation shows up fresh <gasps> off the plane from prison. Okay, all right, like, I'm paying attention. God damn it! It's <laughs> it's is that his first stop before he goes home? <laughs> Correct. Why wouldn't it be? <laughs> I gotta get hold of my wife and kids, but I just want to stop by and say hi to the pool party, Poppy. <laughs> guys like there's a lot of problems with the culture in this country but jersey shore is not one of them we need to treasure it we need to blow up mount rushmore and put the boys up instead <laughs> so fucking good it is my favorite thing in the fucking world it's i'm so happy that these fucking people are back in my life when I we needed them most they came back to us i could just watch them do anything when the aliens come, I think we just need to tell them that Pauly D is president. <laughs> he would absolutely. Oh yeah, aliens here! Oh yeah, <laughs> he still does that, huh? <laughs> yeah, He's, he carries around a fucking megaphone. <laughs> it's the fucking. I don't know best. why I expected any other answer than that. He's like forty and just living his best life. And I hope, if I make it that far, that I am doing the same. <laughs> Alright, moving on. Parker, did you watch Juwan yet? Uh, not yet. But I did All appreciate right. the heads up. Yeah, yeah. We planned on watching more things yesterday and then got distracted. As one does. Happens. It's like, God, do I want to binge six hours of something in a foreign language? It's not three, really. but... Oh, it's only three? Oh, pop. Yeah, it's but yeah. Still, six 30-minute like, episodes. And yeah. put on some trash. Maybe we'll do it after dinner and then we eat too much and then fall asleep. You yeah. know what it is. Oh, I've been there. I just... I figured you hadn't seen it because you didn't mention anything about what happens in the fourth episode to me. Oh, so... God damn it. All these teases. <laughs> oh, I've had multiple people be like, dude, you should check this shit out. I'm like, I know. I know. <laughs> like, it's like, you know, pretty normal and spooky. You know, it's got its, uh... Let's call them Japan problems. And leave it at that. <laughs> I think everybody knows what we're talking about here. Oh, through yeah. the first couple episodes. But, uh... Then the fourth episode happens, and it goes off the fucking rails. And it is... I was excited to binge it soon, because I thought I had tomorrow off, and then I checked my schedule, and oops. Uh-oh. So maybe on Thursday. <laughs> Alright, well, in that case, I'll hold on to that. Talk about some movies that I watched. The first movie I watched is a movie called The Rift. Now, I don't know about you guys, but... I've definitely thought a lot in my life about how few John Carpenter ripoffs there are. Yeah, honestly. And this is this is one of the better ones that I've seen. I really enjoyed it. We've got our lead doing 
literally just like a he's just doing snake pliskin there's no other way to explain it played by someone that parker would know as one of the dudes from the original dallas okay you know (laughs) (laughs) the the plot of this movie is that he's like uh he's an experimental sub uh, submarine designer and his first experimental submarine has gone missing and so they got to get in the second one to go chase it down you know the same movie you've seen 30 different times whether it's a spaceship or a fancy car in the desert fucking who knows what um they got a un crew which of course means they have a bunch of character actors doing accents we have our divers who are the swedish guy and the french guy we have the german scientists with the extremely bushy eyebrows that take up half his face we have the italian guy who is of course the chef like you know it's such an it's such an easy trope to do in movies, but it works on me every time. Sounds every really time we round up, we round up the international crew, and it's just all a bunch of fucking walking stereotypes that you know are gonna die. It's, it's good. Um, we have our ship's captain, who is of course our Lee Ermy. Yes, I didn't see this movie. <laughs> we, <laughs> we have the extremely obvious turncoat character. Why is he an obvious turncoat? You ask. Well, because he's played by Ray Wise in this movie. Oh, well, yeah, that's... See this movie? <laughs> I love every time you mention one of these dipshit movies, I'm like, oh, so it's definitely on Prime. Got it? I can start this on right now. Yeah, so, <laughs> you know... So happy. They they're They're going down to the bottom of the sea to see what happens. Uh, you know, our main character is very insubordinate, clashes with Arlie Ermey, as one is apropos to do, because, come on... <laughs> They find some weird stuff at the bottom of the ocean. They start hearing a distress sim- signal. They go down into these caves. And there's a bunch of puppet monsters. Yes. It's fucking good. Yes. It is real fucking good. You if if you like if you like that kind of stuff, you will like this movie. It is it's a lot of fun. I feel like fucking I've never heard anybody talk about this movie or like hear anything about this. I just put it on because oh, there's a submarine and monsters. And that says Captain Arlie Ermy. Okay, sure, whatever. I had a fucking blast. Like this movie's pretty good. You you both I think would appreciate it. I'll, I'll keep now, it now. As Parker as Parker mentioned, our good friend Amazon Prime always in store for surprises for us. So this movie ends and I'm scrolling through the the more like this, you know. Let's see what else is out there. Let's see what Prime's got for me. I haven't been on in a while. I come across the following description, which I'm going to read out verbatim. Well, be aware, you know. You see the, the description, and there's like a, an awkward ellipsis in the middle because it only shows you like two lines on the screen. So this is all I can see. In the post-Holocaust world, mankind was defeated by his own machines, is now populated and controlled by cyborgs carrying sharpened sticks and laser boomerangs. Omega Doom, Rutger Hauer, is one such cyborg. Oh my he is. God. <laughs> now I know you're asking. Did you immediately press play? Well, I, no one is asking. When he got to the last word, I just levitated off my seat. <laughs> oh Laser my boomerangs. <laughs> Omega Doom. I'm in the lotus Guys. position right now. So, all right. This movie is like like you have to be aware. Every single character in this movie is a robot. 
So they're just walking around like robots. It's making the fucking early 90s metal joint noises when they fucking take steps. Like people spin their head weirds and have weird eyes. There's people wearing trench coats talking in synthesized voices. And it's a real shame because this is one of the slowest movies I've ever seen in my life. Damn it. It is is so aesthetically fun. I was rubbing my hands together in glee. But this movie's like 80 minutes long. And it's basically the corral scene from a western the entire time. Oh, oh Jesus! Like you've got the two side, the um, on each side there's like the different faction of robots, and in between there's this like innocent like robot that's set up selling water that robots need to drink for some reason in the future. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and Rucker Howard's there, and they're all looking for guns. And one of the robots is just literally kicking around a disembodied head of another robot who's like the comic relief character, and it's like. Oh fuck! This is this is very good. This is extremely good. And then the dialogue happens, and everyone's just like trying to be epic, and it's like fucking people staring at each other for ten minutes. Like you know, oh it's tense. Who's gonna make the first move? And then one of them blows the other one's head off, and we go to the next scene. Like it all takes place in this fucking courtyard, which is like this super dope, like bombed out Eastern European looking courtyard. Like it's it's sick. It's aesthetically so fucking cool, but like. I wish it was, like, 25 minutes long, because nothing happens. But, man, I tell you what, like, if you're you're coming down on an edible or something, you want to watch, like, the first 20 minutes of this movie and go, fuck, man, the 90s were awesome? Perfect movie for that. Just, you know, hypothetically. Yeah. If if that's your proclivity, not that either of us would <laughs> right. ever yeah. do that. Yeah. It could be, could be anybody out there listening that would do something like that. But I don't think our listeners literally, would do something like that. <laughs> I don't condone it personally. Literally five stars for aesthetics, though. It is. I could swim around in this movie. It is amazing. So it looks really cool and it's got robots with spory shit. So you watch Dust Devil again, huh? <laughs> Basically, yeah. Dust Devil, except it starts with a fucking proverb and then a flashback to Rucker Howard during the robot war fighting the humans. Like, it's. I love if you put on a movie from the 80s and it starts with a proverb. It's a coin flip. Like, is this going to be one and a half stars or four and a half? Right. There's no in between. Correct. It's a risk we all have to take, and I'd, I would have done the same thing. You know, I when you see that description, what are you going to do, you know? Oh, excuse me. Now, uh, as as some of you may may know out there, Relationships are all about compromise. Compromise in all aspects of life, including with the remote. So those previous two movies, I obviously watched by myself, because, come on. (laughs) I'll talk about the stuff that we watched together this week. Starting on my end, because, uh, (laughs) definitely heard the words, I've never seen Cruel Intentions, so... (gasps) God damn it. Oh, my God. (laughs) just fucking like getting to experience that with her and like they start fighting next to that road and she goes oh that's not safe (laughs) why does she keep cocaine in there you don't understand it's a different time (laughs) like she is she's very good with stuff like this like she very much enjoys this kind of movie so like i knew it was not going to be a problem this actually stemmed from me telling her about cherry falls and her going we should watch this but another time okay (laughs) we'll get to it what a friend gotta gotta start gotta start bigger you know (laughs) can't be like yeah and there's this you know who jay moore is babe like (laughs) (laughs) you're right babe we should watch go no, sit down. 
Cruel Intentions gets better every time I fucking see it. It's so fucking good. And then that ended, and we immediately watched Big Trouble in Little China, which she also hadn't seen. <gasps> what a day. What a day. <laughs> Joe. It was... It was lovely. I, it was I'm so happy. absolutely wonderful. <laughs> I had a fucking blast watching these movies. Like, just like... Yeah, hey, look. All these movies that I love that you have to watch with me. Because that's just what you're stuck That's with. That is definitely a thing. This will because, never come around and bite me in the ass. <laughs> because Big Trouble in Little China ended, and I put on The Guest. Oh my god. Hey. And I was just having an incredible day. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm just watching nothing but good movies. I don't care that I have fucking COVID. This is fine. Like, everything is good. Everything is fine. And it started to shift her way a little bit. Because, you know, these things do. It's give and take. It's give and take. Now, Parker... A while ago, I told you that I had watched the sequel to Grave Encounters without ever seeing the original. Oh, buddy. <laughs> yeah, it uh, makes a lot more sense now, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah. Because <laughs> I did the exact same thing. I was like, why am I getting flashbacks to a movie I've never seen? <laughs> Will you confirm Perhaps? that the best scene of the movie is just the random guy doing the landscape and like, hey, say you saw a ghost in there. <laughs> oh, it's terrifying. That guy rules. I mean, the only reason that's not my favorite scene in the movie is because we have the scene where the fucking specialist psychic medium drives up and they film it from the fucking ground. And it's just this Gary Busey looking motherfucker in sunglasses just walking around talking about feeling the ghost's energy. <laughs> Grave Encounters kind of fucks, I'm gonna be honest. Like, the, the thing with Grave Encounters is, like, I was having a blast watching all the, you know, their fake reality show shit. And then the horror movie part started, and I was like, can we turn this off and just watch Ghost Adventures? Like, I mean, that's me with most movies, though. I, like, I, I... It was... I had so much fun with the fake reality ghost show that, like, I didn't actually want to see the ghosts. Just, it suffers from that fucking... thing of, like... Like, it's a fine horror movie, but also, like, between when it came out and now, I've seen, like, 30 found footage movies that do all the exact same things. Oh, yeah. it's. I mean, it's pretty samey as far as those go. But, uh... Also, they fucking tease that window, and I'm like, oh my god, if nobody gets yeeted out this window, I'm gonna be so mad. I'm gonna be so mad. I just want a ghost to yeet somebody out a window more than I want to breathe. Oh my god. But, you know, serviceable movie. Can't be mad that I saw it. I'm glad I had a nice 30 minutes with the ghost hunting squad. Yeah, that fucking gardener is incredible. Yeah, sounds like your day's going pretty good. Yeah, and then, uh... I'm like, you know what? You just just don't even run it by me. Just pick whatever you want to watch next. Oh, so we started watching Love Island. Now, here's the thing about Love Island. You can infer from the title basically what it is. What you can infer is just how fucking British these people are. Oh, boy. <laughs> and there aren't subtitles. Hello! So I just... I can't understand half of what they're saying, and they're yelling at each other, and then one of them's crying, and the abuzzabubububub love, like I, I don't fucking know, man. Like we oh, watched this for know. fucking. I can't pronounce any of these names. What the fuck? How did she make that leap from A to B? How oh, Grave Encounters is good. Let's watch. I feel like you... it was a. Uh, I mean, we watched we watched Double Shot at Love together. It's kind of close to the same vein. Yeah, <laughs> Obviously, yeah, my suggestion. But yeah, I mean, she's she's learning about the the boys from the shore. She I made her watch the first season with me a while back, so she gets it. She hasn't seen any of the other things that they've done, but like, who yeah. needs to? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
So we're just watching this. It's just these British people fucking babbling at each other as I just... I mean, what else am I going to do? So I just judge them based on their appearance. Of course, as one is apropos to do when they watch reality TV. And then we see... Start episode four of 58. Oh, uh, no. If I, if I go this week, I go this week. Sorry, guys. <laughs> what was the name of the show? Love Island. Oh, yeah. I should to imagine, like, you just come in the house one day, like, November. She's like, hey, what should we watch? Like, oh, man, unfortunately, your Steelers didn't cover the spread. <laughs> so, Snooky and JWoww. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Also, like, the announcer is this annoyingly Scottish guy who tells jokes the whole time. Like, voiceover jokes. Voiceover I mean, jokes. That is one thing I never, ever need in a reality show. Yeah. Hey, if your footage is so boring that you need someone to spice it up, maybe just cancel the show. They do that in a lot of uh, Korean shows, too. I don't know why. I, don't I think it's like it. a celebrity I really don't get thing. it. Let your like content the, speak for itself. The actual content of the show is, like, whatever. It's just fucking Bachelor in Paradise with British people. It's fine. Like, I, I have no problem watching that. But I can't, I can't take those voices, man. I can't. <laughs> I, they just all sound like that. And then it's like, oh, we have two new girls coming into the house. Hello, I'm Rosie. I'm from Wales. And it's like, fuck. <laughs> I sure to say six seasons. Rest in power, King. <laughs> uh, it's all right. You know, things I do for love. <laughs> Parker, I'll just take the Courage the Cowardly Dog thing and put that in there instead. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was going for. So yeah, you do. Know, we're all the same. <laughs> so in Best of the Best One, Tommy Lee had to join up with his friends Eric Roberts oh, and Chris God, Penn to fight gotta, all the Koreans. You gotta. <laughs> in Best of the Best Two, Chris Penn was murdered in cold Wait. blood by a giant steroid German monster man. Okay. My heart. In Best of the Best Three, Tommy <laughs> Lee had to fight racism with Constable Shooter McGavin. In Best of the Best Four. You're making up movies. Okay, that's fine. There's, there's Russians, and um, there's a computer chip, and one of the Russians is the bad guy from Saw doing a Russian accent. <laughs> and I don't know what the fuck this movie is. This series started as there's a karate tournament with the Koreans facing the Americans. Hopefully the Americans win. To, like, this dude who's been in all of the movies just, like, showing up to this town like, there's a lot of bad stuff going on. He's training all the cops. and the, There's one cop that fucking hates his guts. And also that cop is Ernie Hudson. Which is incredibly <laughs> good. I do love a good Ernie Hudson performance. Fuck. <laughs> there's a bunch of, like, crooked cops and, like, who's stealing from who... Who's actually helping the the Russian mob? Who's against them? And he's like, "Oh, this is so fucked up. I gotta get tall to my pe. I gotta go to church." So he talks to his friend Paul Gleason, who's a priest for one scene, and then he's out. Fuck of the movie. yes, dude! <laughs> it's like this movie is not good, but also there's a scene at the end <laughs> where Tommy Lee, our hero, is on a motorcycle, and the bad guys have a helicopter, and they also have an eighteen wheeler, and then he's chased down a tunnel. And then he causes the 18-wheeler to flip out and explode, and he drives out of the tunnel as the flames come bursting out, and then make the helicopter explode. So, like, <laughs> four and a half stars. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> when we get to, like, episode 30, I might throw this on. <laughs> That's fair. And also, as mentioned, there's a computer disc. Don't ask me what's on it. Doesn't matter. There's a disc, people want it, and then there's karate fights, and then a car chase. 
And also the bad guy from Saw talking in a thick Russian accent. So yeah, you know, you could do worse. I watched a film that came out this year. A horror movie called The Wretched. Now here's the thing. It's fine. Like, I probably wouldn't have brought it up normally. I don't have much to say. But I went on the Wikipedia, and it has one of the best flexes I've ever seen for a movie. Because uh, it came out, you know, as the pandemic was going on, all the theaters were shut down. But it got put into drive-ins. And if you'll read the Wikipedia, it says, Due to the COVID-19 pandemic limiting the amount of films in theaters, The Wretched became the first film since Avatar to top the box office for six consecutive weekends. <laughs> that is a record that will never be broken, ever. Because I looked it up, Endgame was number one for three weeks. Like, no movie's ever going to do that again. So for Congrats the rest of history, the this fucking horror movie that might have been PG-13 that made like $2 million is now the longest consecutive number one movie in America. God bless everyone. The movie itself, it's fine. I dug it. There's some pretty cool effects going on. But uh, I don't think either of y'all would give a shit about it. So I will breeze on past it. Alex, uh, this is an experience. I know you have a lot. When you find something on streaming. You talked about it earlier. And your heart lights up. And you're like, oh, there's no way this could let me down. (laughs) And then it just lets you down. I'm going to take you through this process here. It's a film called Hellbound. Not Hellraiser, not a horror movie. Uh, this film opens with a text scroll. It's in the exact Star Wars colors and everything. Not even trying to hide it because it's canon films and we don't give a shit. Oh. Uh, Satan's emissary is coming to Earth and a shining knight needs to vanquish him. <gasps> so we got that going on. Um, we get to see this dude in present day, which is like 1994, who's just a dude with a skullet and that's how you know he's the bad guy and he just starts talking in a demon voice and rips the guy's heart out and you're like oh fuck yeah and this happens in chicago so they find these two chicago cops like hey you need to go to israel for questioning because this guy might be a demon and also (laughs) one of those cops is chuck norris oh all right here we go the fact that this movie sucks ass hurt me so deeply because nothing happens until like the 70 minute mark a lot of it's just walking around and asking questions. Well, let's go to this location. What did you see? Okay, let's go talk to this person. And then there's like one or two like shitty little fight scenes, but it's you see that description, you see Chuck Norris on the cover, you read Devil's Emissary, have to go to Jerusalem, and you're like, How could I not watch this? It's fucking boring. It's really upsetting. It hurt me deeply. But luckily the old Stars app had my back. Because the movie ends, and much like Amazon, it recommends stuff. So the credits roll and it goes, hey, do you want to watch Money Train? (laughs) (laughs) Fuck yeah, I do, Stars. Oh, wait, was that a prequel (laughs) to our our main feature? No. (laughs) Uh, Money Train's way more boring than I remember, which is really depressing. And also, it's two completely different movies that both take place in a subway that don't belong together. And, uh... The movie tells you like a hundred times that Woody Harrelson and Wesley Snipes are brothers. I don't buy it. You gotta show me like a fucking Thanksgiving <laughs> dinner or something, man. I'm, you can keep saying it over and over and over. <laughs> My one like big takeaway from Money Train is like, oh yeah, Robert Blake absolutely looks like the kind of dude that would murder his wife. <laughs> this dude looks like a fucking monster. <laughs> yeah. That dude is a creep. Yeah, I... The money train doesn't come up till like minute eighty-five. It's obscene. 
I don't know what happened. With like, did they have half a script to go? Hey, we got this cool thing with like this serial killer. He's two thirds in the movie. Already's right, dead now. Now they have to steal the money train. <laughs> I thought someone else would steal from the money train because they're cops, and I thought they would thwart that. But no, they're just stealing from the money train at the end. They only steal yeah. like fifty grand or some shit. It's uh, not Wesley Snipes' finest hour, but mediocre Wesley Snipes is still better than most things I watch. Oh my goodness, I forgot about this. Chris. Mm. Buddy. Mm. Did you remember that a CGI Scooby-Doo movie came to theaters this year? Oh, how can I, how can <laughs> I forget about Scoob? that? I'll give you a little uh, background about this. Hey, I, I never really liked Scooby-Doo very much. I think I made that clear. I love Mystery Incorporated. I think that's a great show, but I never even liked the original cartoon. Uh, my brother and I used to call it a rainy day show. It's like, boy, it's raining outside. I can't go outside and play. I turn on the TV. Oh, God, Scooby-Doo's on. Where's the rope? Correct. But, uh, that was absolutely my childhood, too. And I, I never liked the uh, live-action movies, either. I, I could not get well, into those. You'll see the second one someday this season. I've... But yeah, you, haven't, you haven't, have you, buddy? And uh, <laughs> I did, in fact, watch a pup named Scooby Doo. I learned about Red Hair. Same. Thank you. Yeah. So well, much. you can tell me about him anyway. Uh, yeah. I, did you know there's actually an episode? <laughs> I, I think like my <laughs> I think my biggest thing about uh, Scooby Doo is I've never really got on with everyone else who was saying, "Oh yeah, it's so good. Yeah, Scooby Doo is fantastic." There's a guy who I'm not going to name here or anything, but he loves Scooby Doo. He was super excited for this movie. And he was super let down. He was he was actually like really really upset by how bad it was. Parker, how did you like Scoob? Hey, so you know like a big thing with Warner Brothers is they keep trying to just like make these universes happen and just try and like form these big franchises without just like making a good movie first. Yeah, I guess. So here's the thing with Scoob. <laughs> what if we just threw a whole bunch of Hanna Barbera characters in there, and that was the plot of the movie? So does Fred Flintstone come in? <laughs> Oh, buddy, we'll get to all the characters. But let me ask you a question. Do you think kids in 2020 know who the fuck Simon Cowell is? <laughs> That's Imagine the look of horror contorting on my face at that joke 15 minutes in. 15 minutes into the movie? They make a fucking American Idol joke? turn it off, it's because it was on HBO Max and we were making dinner. So it's like, I'm not paying attention anyways. That's a good point. Chris, are you aware of who the superhero the Blue Falcon is? Uh, yeah. Actually, yeah, uh, vaguely. Um, do you that sounds also like something know that people him? online would tell you not to Google. Right, Chris, yeah. do you also solely know the Blue Falcon from the episode of Dexter's Lab where they have to fix Dino Mutt? Because that's the only frame of reference <laughs> I have. <laughs> Fuck. But turns out that was like a real thing. And he's a central character in this movie. But you see, it's not the real Blue Falcon. It's actually his son taking over the mantle. And about 30 minutes in, I get frustrated. I'm like, I know this voice. And then I look it up and see it's fucking Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> So that's how my night's going. All right. Writing down Scoob for myself. <laughs> hey, Chris, uh, what's your favorite part of Scooby-Doo? Is it solving mysteries? I don't know if I have a favorite part Because you're going to fucking hate Scoob if that's what it is, because there's not a goddamn mystery to be solved in this movie. It's, oh, geez. I was actually kind of worried about that, so I guess it's more like the characters and how they interact and everything. Well, you see, Chris, Dick Dastardly's dog, Muttley, from Wacky Races, is trapped in the underworld. <laughs> You fucking figure it out. 
But you see, to get back to the underworld, you have to find the three heads of Cerberus, and you need the key. The key is Scooby, because he's the last descendant of Alexander the Great's dog. Sure would love to solve a fucking mystery right now. <laughs> What's that? Oh, our plane got shot down. Oh, it's Captain Caveman, and it's Tracy Morgan. Go fuck yourself. Wait, what? I hate this. Tracy Morgan is Captain Caveman? Yeah! Dick Dastardly is the villain who shows up every ten minutes, we'll say. What? It is unwatchably shitty. So, Parker, I, I saw a poster of this. And first of all, again, cast everyone's mind back. We should all remember Scoob. There was like a bunch of advertisers. Remember the trailer drop? It was like, oh, it's puppy Scooby. Oh, it's so cute. I'll go and pay $15 to go see this. Uh, ended up being really shitty. But the poster that I saw actually had the blue falcon in the background. I was like, where do yeah, I know him from? Central character. And, and it isn't actually from the the Dexter's Lab episode, although I do remember that episode. That's what I thought. It was, I didn't know it was a real thing. It would air like every other Saturday or something like that. And yeah, he did have like Dino Mutt. And they shared a couple of voice actors. I know Blue Falcon had like a different radio announcer from the 60s or whatever, but I'm pretty sure Dino Mutt was uh, just a guy who did the voice of Fred, whose name escaped. Are you sure? Because here it says Dino Mutt's Ken Jong, my favorite voice actor. What? Oh my the fuck, that just, I just, my heart That's skipped not true, so he's just making this up, it's okay, Alex. It's no. toxic to the human spirit. <laughs> Could have watched Juwan instead, but also, can't make orange chicken and stuff, right? Where you watching Juwan? Speaking of Jews, uh, so, I'm, I'm sorry, what? The last thing about uh, no safe spaces, and this is really important. What the fuck? No. No, oh, no, 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 you commandeer it with that segue. <laughs> This is... No, because you mentioned Juwan. It just reminded me. So, while I was watching No Safe Spaces, like, this sucks, this sucks, this sucks. I'm playing Madden while it's going on. This sucks, this sucks. I hit a beautiful 47-yard punt return, so I have to give it, like, a full star because it has that good uh, punt return juju. So, when they find the skulls of Cerberus, so it opens the gates of hell, and that <laughs> giant ghost Cerberus comes out. Parker, pause. Chris, did you bring that up because you returned it with Deshaun Jackson? No. <laughs> oh, hey. You just cut out whatever I said and just put that immediately afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> I would not have shushed you for anything but a good reason. I'm going to have to readjust oh. that, put it into a no I appreciate your instinct because it was the right call. It was really good. <laughs> Shit, that was good. Man. Yeah, if uh, so the heads you, of you watch Scooby Doo, you're like, man, all these mysteries and shit are lame. I want to see Blue Falcon Dab, voiced by Mark Wahlberg, then <laughs> fucking check God. out Scoob. Oh my god, dude. It is wretched, even by children's movie standards. Like, Parker, I know you wouldn't lie to me, but a lot of this is a little hard for me to believe. Imagine the look on my fucking face as this movie's unfolding. Like, I had to win on MDB, I'm like, sure, we've talked about Mark Wahlberg enough times, surely I would know if that was him. But this came out after the fucking Spencer Confidential, so it wasn't on his main page, it was hidden under upcoming so i was blindsided by this also simon cowell shows up a second time what? no okay that's... 2020 <laughs> baby it's Th this is really is. it's just hate. everyone from that country is cursed this is worse than ron atkinson showing up in uh the uh first live action scooby-doo I swear like, that i'll cut that even my girlfriend like she is tolerant like for kids movies like well, as long as it's cute like you know it's whatever. I kind of assumed that she like, was into that sort of thing. She's like, what the fuck is this? 
she also shares my autism like I mean, we're an hour in. We're going to fucking turn it off. Like, we're eating. Right, here. exactly. <laughs> I would go insane if I turned it off. That is like, hit log it. Because like, near, near, getting near the end, I'm like, I feel like every week I say, who is this movie for? But, like, what children's like, oh, sick. Captain Caveman. <laughs> no child knows what the fuck wacky racist is. I think it's literally for grandmas. You know what grandmas love? American Idol. <laughs> I dabbing. remember Blue Falcon. <laughs> oh, also at one point, I definitely wrote down that Dynamite introduces Blue Falcon as his large adult son. I Wait, shit does he, you not. Like those exact words? Yes. Oh, come on. In, I wrote them in quotation marks. Because I knew by the time I got to record, I wouldn't believe myself. I'd be like, why'd I write that down? That's so fucking dumb. No, no. Direct quote. So, boy, this Parker. movie got polished by someone who's like, you know what? Let's make it snappy for the adults out there. Parker. Parker, 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 Parker. Does Speed Buggy come in at the end? There might be a Jabberjaw cameo at the end. Oh, well. It's same thing. <laughs> of course there is. <laughs> they don't even play Happy Haunted Sunshine House. <laughs> It's this like the Indiana game, no but instead of, for my time. <laughs> instead of seeing Doctor Strange come back, it's, oh, sweet, Magilla Gorilla, thanks. I'm 117 years old. No, Doctor, disrespect. No, no, no. <laughs> but seriously, what happened? <laughs> when are we getting, when are we getting the Doctor Disrespect biopic? Oh, my God. We deserve it's one. Got, there's got to be one, right? Like somebody's going to... Fucking Netflix is absolutely going to make a Dr. Disrespect movie. You, it, what else are they going to do with all that money? Right. They're running out of serial killers. <laughs> <laughs> Six-part look inside the mind of Dr. Disrespect. <laughs> okay, Parker, you watch anything else? All right, I got two more I can go through real quick. Okay, so you watched Day of the Dead last week, so I watched Land of the Dead. What? Here's why I love George Romero's the thing. So, it's the same continuity, which just means, like, hey, zombies have been around for a while. Like, there's no one like, oh, do you remember that guy? That colonel was my father, and his dad was Palpatine. Right, it's like a loose continuity sort of thing throughout the series. Like, it probably takes place in the same geographic area. Pretty much just means it's been going on a while. Everything's the fuck overrun, but there's a tiny closed-in city. And inside said city, there's a massive ivory tower, because even in the future... When all of humanity is wiped out, rich people will still keep poor people out. And I'm sure when this came out in 2005, it was like, oh, wow, it's a little on the nose. But also now, I would a million percent believe, like, oh, fuck yeah, they would absolutely leave us out there like cattle. <laughs> now, you'd have to have someone in charge of that building. Most other directors, like, you can imagine, like, okay, it'll be, like, a Donald Trump stand-in or someone like that. Or, like, you know, just a standard old white dude or, like, some stuffy British guy. George Romero looks at the situation is like, you know who would be in charge? Dennis Hopper. And he's correct. Yeah. 1,000% believe that just Dennis Hopper has himself and be like, so I'm up here and uh, all y'all can just figure it the fuck out. Also, one of the main characters is John Leguizamo, so Chris, enjoy watching it next Fantastic. week. <laughs> I like it better than Dawn of the Dead. Which uh, grew on me last time I watched it, but I still enjoy this one more. You say Dawn of the Dead, you mean the 78 version? Yeah. yeah, I've never got that one to really click. For yeah, me. it didn't work for me either. The last one, y'all know I had to watch more Scott Atkins. I can't talk Scott Atkins movies. So here's the thing about Undisputed Three, my friends. 
You may remember, or probably not, because it was like six months ago, that Undisputed 2 was just all about a massive prison fight between Michael Jai White and Scott Atkins. Well, Undisputed 3, Scott Atkins is taken from his prison, and him and seven other prisoners are put into a giant tournament. That's the movie. <laughs> it's just a no-holds-barred prison tournament, and also one of the fighters does Eddie Gordo moves. <laughs> Five stars, <laughs> everyone should watch Undisputed 3. <laughs> Let's talk about Money Point now. Fuck. Yeah, it's real good. Yeah. It's real you fucking said, good. You said Scat Atkins, and all I could think about is that he must be a huge Eagles fan. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> oh, jeez. That was better than whatever I was going to do, too. <laughs> what can I say? I have poo and the Philadelphia Eagles on the brain. Scat Atkins got murdered in the, the Overlook Pepe Hotel. Him eating that poop. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> You thought you were gonna sneak that by me. <laughs> so who else put on money plane, saw the runtime was eighty minutes, and did a Tiger Woods fist bump? <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, Alex mentioned that on the previous episode, so we know. Um, it's nice yeah, to win so, one. <laughs> I mean, like I knew it was coming, but like also like uh, it was like the one day my girlfriend had to go in the office, and like it was lunchtime, and I was putting this on, and she's like, "Hey, I'll watch it with you. Just like stream it over lunch." I'm like, "Yeah, cool." And she's like, yeah, you know, you just stop whenever. I don't need to see the end of it. I'm like, it's only 80 minutes. And she goes, all right, I guess I'll take a long lunch today. <laughs> oh, Correct. What a great way to spend your lunch. So uh... I didn't tell her to. I just said, I'm going to watch this movie. And she asked to come along. Don't put this on my fucking Love Island. Okay. So... Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, a lot of shitty direct-to-DVD action movies have wrestlers in them. Because, like, why not? They know how to do stunt work. And they'll do their own stunts. Imagine my surprise when I realized, like, oh, fuck, he's the star of this, huh? Right. <laughs> he is the movie. <laughs> right. Okay, so the movie begins with our, our main character, who we're just going to call Edge. Uh, the rated R superstar, correct? Yes. Uh, Mr. Money in the Bank. <laughs> <laughs> Can't just go this. ahead and pepper in as many more of those as you want. So, Edge, I'm going to go watch Love Island, guys. I only had two. Yeah. So, <laughs> those are two good ones. So Edge is, uh, he is engaging in a heist, a heist of the world's smallest mu- uh, art museum. Uh, and he wants just one single painting from there, the world's smallest uh, art exhibition room I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, now he's doing like one of his little burn notice voiceovers. When <laughs> The first rule, it takes more than one flint to make a fire. Speaking as a former Boy Scout, <laughs> not really. Uh, <laughs> this fucking painting really needs to be said. This is like a multi-million dollar piece of art that looks like it's in like a fucking dentist's room. It's it's smaller than a dentist's office. It's like super, super small. But we'll get to the painting a little bit. His second rule is always have a diversion, which... Uh, okay. And the, the third one... You just make it sound like a dying giraffe. Yeah, the, <laughs> And his It's easy. <laughs> it's built in. And his third rule is plan A is only as good as plan B. Again, not really. So uh he's he's trying to get this painting and uh oh no, the painting is just gone. It's not there anymore. So uh no painting for him and he has to escape with the help of his lovely female assistant and two guys driving the car. So uh he doesn't get that forty million dollar painting. Uh this is the whole exciting opening scene is Edge from the WWF, not stealing priceless artwork. <laughs> Boy, you'll pay for the whole seat, but you only need the edge, <laughs> folks. 
Oh my god, I didn't mean for that to be a pun. This is such a powerful night. Just make that the cold open. Okay, so... So, Kelsey Grammer is in this movie as well. His first lines... Boy, is he. And the first thing you see is him smoking a cigar, which I don't know if he knew the cameras were on. And his first lines are... Darius Emanuel Grouch, also known as The Rumble. <laughs> Darius Grouch the Third, aka the Pool Party Poppy. <laughs> I, I'm just getting flash- like the nerve to name him. That. I just for some reason he's he's photographed here talking on his laptop in his villa, and it kind of reminds me of Johnny Knoxville at the beginning of Polar. Just waiting for him God to get damn it. I'm trying to have I a good time. didn't want to think about Polar ever again. Thanks, man. Oh, uh, well. Oh, well. Uh, so, anyway. Next week's episode. No. <laughs> so, Edge is in this movie. And he's talking to him. And he's like, hey, Sarah, I couldn't get your painting. Uh, it literally was not there. He's like, oh, well, I'm mad. Damn it. I want my $40 million painting. I bought your debts. And he do I... a whole bunch of backstory and a whole bunch of exposition here. I don't know if you guys, like, have ever thought, like whether there was an American version of David Attenborough, but uh, it's Kelsey Grammer in this movie. Okay, yes. <laughs> he sounds like... He, he has two voices. It's like announcing the fucking penguins as they're walking down the glacier, and then announcing the penguins as the polar bear is chasing them. Like, that's it. That's the fucking character. And listen to him trying to be badass. I Did he try to do this in one of the Expendables movies? Oh my god, I hope you don't make me find out. <laughs> I, no. I'm pretty I, sure he did. He had like a kukri or something. Anyway, can we talk about Edge's eyes? Why do they look like, like that? Pro wrestling is hard on a man's body, okay? <laughs> do they make your eyes look like that? Well, you take concertos for ten years, you tell me, buddy. Have you seen the TLC match? No. Chris, I thought you were a real wrestler. Shouldn't you know this? Well, let the record show that I asked him that question and he said no. <laughs> Could have marked that one down in the old notebook. So I have to admit, so he's like, now you have to get me even more money on the money plane. And the money plane is a casino in the air, the world's dirtiest criminals. <laughs> I really respect that we're like maybe five minutes into the movie. Yeah. And he's already saying money plane. Yeah, the money plane. Yeah. What's on the money plane? That's how I got a lot of money. Uh, and... <laughs> Hearing Kelsey Grammer say Bitcoin really did something for me. Real good answer. I have to admit, I just like. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. No, okay. Uh, I have to admit, so he's talking about the, the the painting is forty million, right? So it's not really priceless. And uh, so he's like, now you're going to get me money for the money plane. And he's talking about how much money is on there. He's like, it's, I think he said something like a hundred billion dollars, most of which is tied up in crypto. Like, Hearing Kelsey Grammer say crypto and, just, and dudes fucking alligators. Uh, every single light he says in this movie is solid gold. I don't care what you guys say. <laughs> Look, I have so many questions about this movie. And first and foremost is why is there a safe full of petty cash and also cocaine on the money plane? <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they have the dirtiest criminals in town. <laughs> <laughs> There's just, like, four bricks of cocaine in this safe that we see both in, like, the preview. It's just like, here's how the job's gonna go down. And then also during the actual job. Because it's the same fucking safe. Well, for some people, cocaine is more valuable than gold. Well, what they don't tell you is that the money plane's going to Fantasy Island. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, now you have my attention. So, So, the money plane has way more money than just 40 million dollars he honestly i think if i was kelsey grammer i would want all the 
Bitcoin and Dogecoin, which I think at one point they actually show on like the the stock. Thing. I was looking. And Dogecoin is not okay, on never there. Mind. You would know better okay. than I would. Ethereum, I don't have a mining right. Ethereum, Litecoin. Okay. Uh, got like seven deep. Okay. No Dogecoin. No Coinye West. Darius Emmanuel Grouch the Third. Bitcoin enthusiast. So it's such a. I have to admit, for much thing. of this, I was kind of wondering why are his friends helping him. They've got, like, no incentive. And then he says, like, oh, your friends can keep all the leftovers. Yeah, here's your cool 40 mil. We're just going to scoop all the rest of the $100 billion into these money sacks. <laughs> you think Darius Emanuel Grouch the Third got taken by Elon Musk getting hacked on Twitter, and that's why he needs all these butt coins? I would know. <laughs> Darius Emanuel Grouch the Third, also known as Tattoo. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Makes him the most relatable character in the movie getting hacked by Elon Musk's Twitter. Anyway. So, I want to talk about the first sign of trouble in this movie. and It's mostly the dialogue. It's really generic. And as such, the movie, if I can make any comparison, this is kind of a weird comparison. I think I told you guys a while back, I watched, of my own volition, Ballistic X versus Sever. Which for the longest time was, oh, it's the worst movie ever made. It's the worst action movie ever it's not it's just generic it's just boring it's just like every single cliche you could think of it's in there except it's really dull and no one's trying this is kind of like that except edge is trying uh he doesn't have to try very hard he's actually a pretty decent actor but it's just really really generic something like setting up the crew here's how the mission is going to go you'll create a diversion and we will get the money and they have the dirtiest criminals in town it's, it's all the most generic story i've ever heard the only thing that they have going for is it's a money plane which is also i mean casting <laughs> when you have the title of money plane you're like what's it about oh you have to steal from the money planes like I mean, I was going to watch it before the internet found out about it. Right. <laughs> I saw the title and I saw that poster. I was like, well, clearly I'm going to watch this and talk about it on the show. Yeah. So uh, here's the thing about Edge, who, again, I think he's actually a pretty decent actor. And that's the thing is, like, Parker, you talk about pro wrestling. Pro wrestling doesn't just teach you, like, how to take a fall and do stunt work and stuff like that. Some of those people are really good at acting. Edge is not going to win an Oscar or anything, but... He's a believable character, and it's part of the the stuff that he does with his family. Who and here's the thing: it was like the movie kind of misses out on certain stuff. At one point, Kelsey Grammer holds up a laptop screen of his of his wife and daughter, and my first thought is, "Oh, they're missing, and he's going to find out where they are if he helps out Kelsey Grammer." That's like his his impetus for the whole movie. No, they're alive and well, and uh, he reads his daughter a bedtime just story. Just in your house. Don't worry <laughs> about it. They're perfectly fine. <laughs> uh, it's. So oh, I love nothing. when a movie that has no money is like, well, let's just pay Denise Richards to like play with a kid for five seconds. Yeah, Denise like, Richards. You is could have this. like built an actual set instead. She's like one of the top builds. She's in the top four build, and she's in the movie for maybe five minutes. That's how you trick yeah, him. Well, I thought I was getting way more Kelsey Grammer and Tom Jane. It's like, oh fuck, like this movie's just edge in a cockpit. Thomas huh? Jane is All drunk right, for the entire movie. But I don't hate Hell him, yeah, but dude, still. Wouldn't you be? I still don't know who his character is. He, he says <laughs> it's his best friend and goddaughter of his daughter. Oh, shit. Well, if he said it's his best friend, I should take his yeah, word for much. it. I mean... <laughs> Hello, I Adam guess. Edge. Oh, yeah, and also, you know me, Tom Jane, your best friend from childhood. The youngest uh, commander of the Navy or something. But also, sure. like, if I was making a movie for no money, it's like, hey, you can get afford Thomas Jane for a day. 
I'd probably do it. Yeah. Absolutely. So it just go sit there and smoke this pipe and then control a drone and then you can go home. There was a scene that's kind of small. It doesn't have any bearing on the on the rest of it, but uh, he reads his daughter a bedtime story and she's like, so it's okay to steal if it's from someone bad? He's like, that would be someone really bad. Anyway, she's like, okay, I fall asleep. He's just sitting on her bed and Denise Richards comes in and sits on the bed while that girl, this is a twin size bed. The girl's asleep on the bed and she decides to have a conversation with Edge while their daughter's asleep, while both of them are sitting on her bed. Just fucking leave. <laughs> I just read this whole fucking book for her to fall asleep. So, and now you're just gonna prattle on in her goddamn Yeah, ear. so anyway. They, <laughs> to get up early for the big money heist tomorrow. They go to bed. They probably have sex. And then he wakes up in the middle <gasps> of the night. Gross. And he hears something rattling downstairs. And it's Thomas Jane breaking into their house with, with his gun. And uh, he's like, why don't you... His best friends are apropos yeah, to do. Yeah, he's like, it says to him, why don't you just use the... Uh, I mean, what are you doing? He's like, well, you move the house key. He's like, yeah, because you keep using it. Dude, you need to have a conversation with Thomas Jane. Bring it to your house to fuck your wife. <laughs> <laughs> do you think like this was a thing Denise Richards knew about or it was like oh my god let's move in together and by the way I have this friend uh, you know he's been through some things he's not, he got a few screws loose he'll just show up and uh, it's fine just don't make any sudden noises uh, don't drop anything because if it's loud oh, oh that'll trigger him alright and then you're in a real world of trouble yeah yeah, he just shows up and tells me this guy Pete is trying to shoot him. It's really weird. <laughs> so you got this exposition scene with his best friend. They're smoking. This is a big cigar movie, you know. They're trying to sell cigars or something. And oh my God, Thomas Jane smoking in this scene. And by smoking, I mean clearly not smoking. Yeah. Was driving. He was me trying insane. so hard to get that You're... cigarette lit. <laughs> You're a real actor, man. You gotta know how to fake smoke. Yeah, that's like one of the first things they teach you at the Academy. So they each have one bottle of beer, which is the most unbelievable part of the movie because Thomas Jade is just slurring all of his words throughout the entire movie. <laughs> yeah, well, I could have been lieutenant if I didn't retire to chase you around the globe. <laughs> and to, to which Edge responds, no, you don't understand. This is the last one. Oh, I've heard that before. <laughs> yeah, I'll take care of your I wife I should have stayed daughter. at the shore shack. <laughs> So anyway, um, they they set up uh, the job where they're going to take do a heist on the money plane, <laughs> and uh, he they they set it up and uh, his his one black friend he names him McGillicuddy, like he's a fucking fuck like he's a Boston yourself. sports parade kid. <laughs> Not only does he name him that, they say it. 30 times? All I can think about. Ah, <laughs> oh, congratulations, Mr. McGillicuddy. Ah, <laughs> oh, congratulations, Tim Nauticoff. Yeah. <laughs> fucking great. You want to Here we go. Patrick McGillicuddy at my 15th parade for the championship of Boston. <laughs> Mr. Kratz, I can't believe you can't read your hand. <laughs> oh, Topsy, get over here. So, uh, this is kind of like one of those scenes where you can tell just how really cheap the movie is made. If you like attentive viewers and let's be honest unattentive viewers will quickly notice that uh, there's never more than five people on screen at one time if this were a real movie you'd have this this thing they i read about the business it's a little known term called extras and you would just make it look like there is actually a crowd of people you get like they have like the uh 
the flight attendant's getting on the plane when she oh she checks the the gun that she was hiding in her pussy really funny there's only like three people there it's like there should be an airport there should be more than three people in an airport it they had to cram all three of the lawrence brothers into the movie just to have extras <laughs> which is incredible yeah there's just so few people on screen at any one time they couldn't afford extras so uh yeah real movie and now we need to talk about it because we've just been avoiding it for this whole time what is with the concierge guy's hair it's a choice <laughs> i think he's i think he's just a ginger man. That, no no that <laughs> i don't know i don't think it's his there's fault something about that hair that that's not legal right <laughs> i'm still stuck on all the sets he's like they do the check-in and they walk into just a room that's clearly just a black room with like a rope set up. Like, oh, I've seen a Brazzers video. Okay, yeah, I'm, a, I'm aware of what we're working with here. We got the same budget, same First of all, amount of people gross. on set. I feel it. So anyway, I'm yeah, sorry. It's okay. So uh, they explain the rules of the money plane: no cheating, uh, no murder or dismemberment unless it's part of the game. Ha ha. And uh, last of all, have fun. So uh, they have the dirtiest criminals in town. I'm just going to keep calling them that way. And uh, you get all these criminals, criminal enterprises all over the world to get onto the money plane to gamble and all this other stuff, right? And the first game they play is Texas Hold'em. <laughs> this is so fucking stupid. Now, What a waste of time for everyone. Now, Alex, you're in this shady business. Is Texas Hold'em violent? Uh, maybe when you have Parker there dressed like that. Yeah, so Parker, uh, <laughs> fresh off his performance in Tokyo Drift, decides to join this movie. I, I, I love so much that we have a scene where the fucking arms dealers are well actually in the human trafficker. About <laughs> we'll get to, can, can we get to, to that world? in a second? First, I want to talk about the Texas guy real quick, because he comes in Dude, there. I show up, and I'm looking at him with that fake mustache, like... Dude, I watched a lot of Boy Meets World as a kid. Don't even fucking tell me he's going to try and pretend he's not this little baby-faced kid. And he goes, oh, shucks, how are you? I'm like, oh, fuck. He's fucking... <laughs> I know what this episode is going to be fantastic. It's a Yosemite Sam mustache with a foghorn leghorn voice. He just gets in there. Might as well be dual-wielding uh, revolvers and being like, I'm the Texas character. I can't lose. I like to skateboard. I, <laughs> I literally... He costume from Spirit Halloween. <laughs> I cannot stress enough how criminal it is that this character is not played by Charlie. Right, Day. you're not I mean, wrong. It's, it's right there. Been poisoned by my constituents. He would have done it for free. <laughs> he totally would. So the movie. Hey Charlie, you want to be in this movie called Money Plane? Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. So the movie, which is called Money Plane, tries to have a conversation, a political discussion about Syria. And I have to admit, I'm kind of like looking at this, game, and I'm like, high stakes Texas Hold'em. I, I was game. like pausing the movie when I got there. I was like, are we sure this movie is 80 minutes long? Like half the movie has been exposition, and now they're trying to have a political discussion about Syria arms dealers and slavery. What, <laughs> does this movie have any action or anything? <laughs> <laughs> this conversation is just the player haters ball hater of the year award <laughs> no i'm the biggest hater <laughs> pretty much it's so good oh man so anyway uh they they play texas hold'em this is a they sure do boy, i who's the scene for <laughs> meanwhile the, there are so many shots of just like 
seeing people's cards and, and people, people throwing the chips. Like, none of it makes. Yeah, any they sense. just. Yeah, yeah it's just it's. Like I, I don't. Well, I saw a Casino Royale uh, ten years ago. I thought that was pretty cool. So, I'm not dude, literally it. any actual dealer would have done this for free. So you didn't have to have somebody doing it wrong. Yeah, yeah. I didn't it's, really it's understand fine. most of what's going on. I know there's something called a flop and something called a river, uh, but I, I don't think that they were actually playing the whole time. I think they're just making a movie. But the real draw. Yeah, there's something called a flop. It's called a money plane. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> We'll edit in some laughter. Anyway. <laughs> Don't. So, anyway. Uh... <laughs> Hope when Parker accidentally does a really good Adam Carolla. <laughs> yeah, here's a flap for you. It's called the money flap. <laughs> so, uh... so, these child traffickers, they get to go to a country for free. I have to fill out immigration <laughs> papers. Thanks, Adam. I hardly <laughs> say that's for Where's their white privilege? Huh? So, anyway, I, I will say the one thing I like about this is this is the most 80s soundtrack I've ever heard during the Texas Hold'em scene. I, I like, had to write that. I was like, oh my god, I haven't heard that much synth in the, I don't know how long. So, they make the logical progression to go right from Texas Hold'em to Russian Roulette. <laughs> I mean, what are we doing? <laughs> the second act of the movie is like, all right, how long is the movie? Uh, forty-seven minutes. Okay, so we'll deal another hand, <laughs> and then we'll talk about Syria again. And uh, now Edge smells trouble. I say, I say, it's called Duel Monsters. <laughs> you put on your disc here. So Edge <laughs> smells trouble, and he says to the concierge, "I would like to retire to my quarters." And uh, he gets up and leaves so that his young black acquaintance can take over and play Russian roulette. <laughs> Against hey, guy Texas who's guy. visibly nervous, just sit at this table. You'll do great. Yeah, so I, I just want to talk about... Uh, so the Texas guy says, I can't lose, and first bullet goes right into his chin. And it is the worst sound effect I've ever heard. It's like the guy fired a revolver so into good. his skull, and it sounds like someone stepped on a pile of wet leaves. It literally goes splish. He fucking owns, dude. He I laughed that. so hard. <laughs> With him falling backwards and his feet sticking straight shaking. up like fucking His legs Tom are shaking like he's a cartoon character. <laughs> it's it's a choice. Yeah, so... Uh, they made a choice to be like, hey guys, we're gonna weaken the camera a little bit. Like, don't patronize me, motherfucker. I'm watching Money Plane. I know what this is. <laughs> so we've missed about... One, two, three... Twelve characters, and they are all the tech support Kai. Because he... <laughs> you called him Diet Brendan Fraser, Alex, but... He's also, like, fake a million other people that I've seen before, <laughs> but no real person. Anyway, the reason I want to point is he's really mad. I want to be on the money plane. He doesn't get to be on the money plane. He has to do the tech support work on the ground. At one point, he eats a banana. He takes the entire peel off the banana. It's like taking off all your clothes at a urinal. Well, I mean, you know, these guys in San Francisco, these techies, they just have this way about the world, so... yeah. Feels good, man. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so it turns out that the the games on the money plane are really sadistic. At one point, the the black guy has to bet on how long one guy will survive against a cobra. But I don't actually think we see the snake. <laughs> no, I looked real hard for that cobra. Yeah. The snake was probably dead. Well, so is the other guy. It's like the guy lasted 16 minutes. He was the closest to, I guess, like 17 minutes. Wow, that's really weird. And then you have to bet on two... I don't even know what's going on in this scene. Two Russian guys with beards are just drinking. At one point, one of them... They're just, just watching funny games. 
Ugh. What if one of the yes. guys stops drinking and then he hits the other guy with a hatchet or something like that? Wow, these games are really fucked up. They're betting on people doing bad things. I don't, I don't know. It's, but here's the thing: the special effects aren't bad. They're non-existent. You don't actually see almost any of the shots or anything. It's like they cut away right before anything happens. Someone looks shocked and then they cut away. It's like H.P. Lovecraft wrote the screenplay. Like the guy fighting the snake, like, ah, 16 minutes, you're close. It's like, I watched him wiggle around for 15 seconds. What the fuck do you mean 16 minutes? Where did the time go? He just sat on the floor and went, no. And then by the end of it, he was just kind of laying down because he fell asleep. They were like, yeah, Cobra got him. There was one guy. Could you imagine fighting a snake for 16 minutes? One guy, I don't even know what happened. I think he's just in like a pool of water or something, and there's like a pentagram. Oh, it was piranhas or something. It was piranhas? I thought it was like boiling acid or something. Oh, we'll render them in later. Yeah, and they, they, so they cut away, and people are shocked, and then it's like it's just a skeleton floating in there. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> Very yeah, spooky, though. It, it just sucks. I, I don't know why, why they do this. Again, it just shows like how boring the movie is. So we get this really terrible fight scene with the girl who's just really trying to avoid these guys uh, trying to do sexual assault to her. And... Uh, she tries to seduce him for a split second then he goes oh okay and then she just beats him up and it just sucks it just sort of ends so there's like no fight choreography going on here either and Barry went oh what happened to Edge I thought he was like the main guy yeah he spends the entire movie in the cockpit after he beats John Gruden in a fist fight <laughs> <in the cockpit. laughs> yeah. uh, based on based By on way, I just looks back and saw that uh, my character's name is J.R. Crockett <laughs> and that should be illegal well that's disgusting. I guess, that, I guess we know who Tubbs is. So anyway, uh, it, I don't think that was <laughs> I don't think that was John Gruden. Based on current reports coming from the Washington Post, it may have been Deuce. Shut up! <laughs> Damn it. So anyway, uh, <laughs> I've had enough of this. Show. <laughs> meanwhile, Edge is just stuck in the cockpit for most of the movie, yelling "Bravo, Delta, do you copy?" Uh, and he's talking with. Uh, with his fucking friend there, Kelsey Grammer, who who insists on being called Captain and Colonel, or whatever, using code names. <laughs> showing that Kelsey Grammer is very clearly reading from a different script than everyone else is. <laughs> uh, no, we're not on that page anymore. These are the lines you put in front of me, these are the lines we're going to say. Okay, uh, roll. <laughs> we don't have a lot of time left, we got to do this. So... Uh, it, I will record this scene and you will get off my property. <laughs> All right. Back at the cameras, I guess. Thank you, though. sir. So, um, uh, what happens next? Oh, yeah. So, Kelsey, it, it, uh, what's his name? Edge is like, no, we're just going to take all the money from the money plane, you know? And uh, we will then burn Kelsey Grammer, to which Kelsey Grammer is like, okay, kill his wife and daughter. Like, this is what happens when you fuck a stranger in the ass. <laughs> and... Oh, wow, I've never been in this situation before. I don't have any collateral. Oh, shit, wait. I'll just murder your family, you fucking So it turns out Thomas Jane is there, and when he said, look after my family, he meant with a pistol. And uh, luckily, he was trained to take out entire hitmen, and he does that. Meanwhile, the family doesn't wake up. That's a good point, actually. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He just has a drone with a pistol on it and murders about 15 people. And this dipshit kid is just sawing logs. <laughs> Didn't hear Denise Richards talking to him. Didn't hear yeah, that. Yeah, they're. I don't. Must I think nice, Denise dude. Richards was at the craft services table when they filmed that scene. It's like, no, it's okay. We'll just you know shoot night for day. Uh, do you guys need more pickup shots of me smiling and picking up the kid? I oh, know we got it. Okay, bye. <laughs> 
So <laughs> third build, huh? Bye. So we should talk about the resolution to this movie. God, we're already yeah. there. Dude, nothing <laughs> fucking happens. This movie could have been 45 minutes. This movie could have been 20 minutes. Probably should have been. So I was being so, generous. You know, you got to really set up the camaraderie between the team of Mr. McGillicuddy <laughs> and also Edge. So they, yeah, so they they get the money, the bitcoins. Oh, first of all, he records uh, Kelsey Greer was saying, I am the rumble. I don't give a fuck who's on the money plate. I'm taking it down. He records that video and he shows it to all the people on the money plate who says, okay, so we're going to kill Kelsey Grammer now. So, wow, what a twist. I didn't expect it. The movie just resolves itself. Yeah. <laughs> One of the Lawrence brothers should be like, oh, uh, cool, let me just get on the phone. Cool. All right, yeah, uh, we're going to cut his head off. All right, guys, don't worry. All your money will be refunded. It's all good. All of you literal monsters, <laughs> don't worry. Nothing bad's so going to happen. So they take the Bitcoins away in big money sacks that have like a dollar sign on it. And uh, he gives some of that money to fake Brennan Fraser, And uh, some to his... I, I, who's the... Did she like going to like sleep with anyone? That little hot young assistant that he has? Is she in a romantic relationship with anyone on there? Who You're asking me or right. cares if any of these people have like character traits and that how Wait, I just realized so no one in his posse dies. Correct. Huh. So the only people that die are like well, Kelsey Grammer, obviously. And that guy that Kelsey Grammer's henchman shoots, and the the lady that, that or the guy that, that lady kills with her thighs and puts in the freezer. Oh, yeah. And also his good friend McGillicuddy never once is like, hey, you know when he left, they tried to play Russian roulette with me, right? <laughs> like, if I had gone first, my fucking brains would be on the wall. Like, did you know that? This is your fault Well, he anyways. made a lot of money, and so they they make it. So, could you have been less surprised of like, oh, Kelsey Grammer, he tricked us. Like, no fucking So there's shit. something... There's... <laughs> he were dropped at like minute 65, like, yeah, I've seen a movie before. Obviously he was in office. Yeah. Why would he be like, I bought your deck, go on the money plane for me. Yeah, that's, that's kind of already explained at the beginning of the movie anyway. So he's just like, yeah, so now I have to get you to steal the money from the money plane. And so the resolution is... Well, I guess I learned my... No one learns any lessons. Everyone's just a happy ending. It's like I got my money uh, Hold on, hold on. I learned I learned a very valuable lesson from the end of this movie. Don't let Chris pick the movie anymore. The, be- <laughs> well, also that, but like, before, uh, before I started watching this movie, I didn't realize how much I wanted to see Kelsey Grammer, like, blind firing a fake assault rifle <laughs> off into the distance. Him yelling and firing that gun, and it cut to black, and I was like, if this stops now, it goes up a full star. <laughs> and then it did not. It had the nerve to continue. I thought he was firing it indoors, too. I was like, what is he shooting at? <laughs> it's literally like maybe 30 seconds of like, I'm the, I'm the goddamn rumble. I'm going to stop him. Or we're going to kill this guy. And just cut to him on his fucking, in his backyard going, oh, firing a machine gun. And then it just cuts to black. And you're like, wait, is the movie over? And, uh. I, might as well I mean, be. you know, the weirdest thing about it is that while you're watching it, you kind of expect him as like the rich, badass drug king. I assume he's a drug king. We don't know for sure, but probably uh, he's a kingpin of some sort. You expect more henchmen or at least like henchwomen, you know, like you, like you get like the one henchman. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he kills one of them, too, for I don't know. And like he, you expect like sexy women to be all over the place again, like Johnny Knoxville and Polar. We keep coming back to it. And like, stop the, it. <laughs> 
Don't say we, first of all. But, like, there's so few sexy... All right, we... we Sorry. No, you're there's, good. I'm yeah. just going to start there's rambling. There's so few, like, sexy women in this. And I'm not saying that, like, I need that to make the movie, but it's like, that's part of the deal that you when you make this kind of movie at one point the guy's like where's all the women on this plane who could i fuck and it's just like well we do have uh, companions two women come into the plane <laughs> they're wearing like the least revealing outfits i've ever seen in my life i'm like who is this supposed to titillate again who is this they movie have for? more clothes on than the stewardess that's right actually yeah no like you hire edge who's been like Say what you want about wrestling. A form of, like, stunt combat training for, like, 25 years. Like, all right, if you want to fight against a guy in a cramped room where you can't even lift your fucking elbows up. Sick. Thank you. Like, there's a, What's I the think point? that's actually one of the jokes of the movie is that he hits himself with the funny bone because there's no room in the cockpit. I wouldn't say I laugh, but I was like, huh, that's, that's funny. And then that's his only action scene. Then he just sits there with a really shitty blue screen behind him going... You know, something's not right about this mission. <laughs> Let me call Kelsey Kramer again. Let me FaceTime him real quick. <laughs> he's just flying the money plane that he's hijacked and just Skyping like, hey, did she find out what happened? No, but if I, uh, we're looking, we're going to find out who uh, fucked up your mission. Uh, I got to go now. This, oh, this movie weird. is so dry and so boring that if it ended with Edge crashing the money plane into the towers, it still would only be four stars. <laughs> I mean, I thought it would have been better if he crashed the money plane into Kelsey Grammer's villa. I mean, this, how could you have a money plane? <laughs> hey, Steven, what's the worst part of being a Baldwin? <laughs> Nothing. Oh, I'm thinking just a pan out of Edge in the cockpit's long pan over to Robert Pattinson sitting in the tower. <laughs> just a drone shot of that. I, how do you have a movie called Money Plane and you don't crash the money plane? How do you not crash it and have dollar bills fly everywhere? Exactly, and all the all the people down there who were following the Joker decide to pick up the money. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I definitely read the oral history thing on the ringer, and they were like, yeah, we would just like be building a set, so we would just put everyone in the corner of a room, because that's all we had built. Like, No kidding. Yeah, man, it shows. <laughs> Maybe... Maybe just don't film it yet, then. Or just don't make the movie. I, I appreciate like getting all these people together and making a movie happen, because... Every movie, no matter how shitty, is a small miracle. But also, like, oh, maybe I can take another day. Maybe you can get an extra carpenter on Maybe you can get Christian. But either way, I... Absolutely. What I'm thinking about... (laughs) When I think about this movie, I like the number one thing is... You know, like, that that animated gif of Edge where they took out his nose and they just put his eyes, his mouth together? (laughs) That's, like, the number one thing. But the second thing I think about is, like... When the internet comes together to shit on a movie like oh this is the cheesiest movie of 2020 dude you don't even know this isn't even in the same realm as like 75% of our catalog on this uh, on the show honestly I think it's more just people looking for anything that's like shitty and cheesy to talk about that doesn't isn't just a constant reminder of how awful the world is right now it's like oh god the Kelsey Graham said fucking alligator thank you just give me 80 minutes (laughs) away from the world let me show up on Twitter. Oh, cool. Unmarked cars. Great. Got it. So, uh, okay. On the money plane. Got it. The world is terrible. <laughs> you could do worse than money you plane. You could do a lot worse than money plane. I did worse than money plane like three times this week. I didn't even talk about them. <laughs> <laughs> There's way worse movies. There's way worse movies starring wrestlers. There's worse movies with Edge in them. 
<laughs> He's in like some god awful Highlander sequel that I will never watch. Uh, you say that. You're saying you haven't watched it yet, huh? That's interesting. So, uh, just I mean, uh, that's my Parker, favorite. just just remember that thing that I sent you for Chris next time you try uh, something. Oh, oh don't what? worry. <laughs> don't what was this? Worry. Reveal. I know you're Share not forgetting class. this one. So. If you think I didn't screenshot it, just a just in case. Do I have to mention Polar <laughs> Star like... Johnny Knoxville again? Chris, yeah, you help Johnny Bravo, right? <laughs> Wait, are you talking about Johnny? Uh, are you talking about Johnny Bravo goes to Bollywood? Might be. I've already seen that one. Sorry. Damn it! <laughs> what did you think of it? <laughs> <laughs> I watched it when I was in I Korea. I was, I was just like, oh, this wasn't quite as powerful as I hoped it would be. Anyway. Much like Money it Plane. It was like six years ago. Anyway, so uh, yeah, Money Plane. Can't think of a Bigfoot joke. Moy. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you know you don't care about a movie. <laughs> oh, no! That's the tea, sis.